Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Here we go. I see the end of the year is in sight, man. It's, it's, this year has flown by. Uh, just a few weeks, man, will mark two years for Rin Kim and I to be um, pastoring the church here. And uh, I can't believe where the time has gone. It's been amazing. Um, let's see. Did you know the first official Thanksgiving Day? I know you guys are like smart. This one thing about talking to a, a church that's like, you guys, you study, you read, you guys know more than I do. But the first Thanksgiving Day was in uh, 1789. It was proclaimed by George Washington, right? Um, he called upon the nation to thank God basically for protecting the colonies before they gained their independence. You know, they, they just come through the, the Revolutionary War. And listen to the words of George Washington. Um, can, yeah, thank you. He says, now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. That was the first official, you know, as we know about the pilgrims, but as America, as the founding, that was the first official Thanksgiving, and that's the words of George Washington. Isn't that good? It's beautiful, isn't it? And so, you know, the states continued. uh, That was just a one-day thing. The states continued, a lot of them, to celebrate uh, a Thanksgiving Day over the years. But it became a national holiday under Abraham Lincoln. as actually during the Civil War. And it was in uh, 1863 when Abraham Lincoln said these words. Read this with me. Um, He said that we should set aside this day as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father. They, they like that word beneficent right there. I think I'm going to start using it. I feel smart when I say beneficent. But to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens, and I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in this lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. He's calling on the nation to pray for the healing of our land. He's calling on the nation to humble themselves and repent from the perverseness and the sins of our of our nation. Boy, you, you never hear a leader admitting that anymore, do you? Man, but you know, we don't have to wait for our leaders. We can humble ourselves and we can pray for our land. We can stand for our nation, can we not? You know, in our nation, then, before it was a day for food, family, and football, it was a day to humble ourselves before God. It was a day to seek his favor, and it was a day to thank him for his blessings upon our nation. And we should do no less here today. Amen? So 1 Thessalonians 5.18, very short verse. This is going to be the, uh, 
the center of my theme today. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Jesus Christ for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Jesus Christ for you. Um, The theologian uh, N.T. Wright, he wrote this in one of his books. When we learn to read the story of Jesus and see it as the story of the love of God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that insight produces again and again a sense of astonished gratitude, which is very near the heart of authentic Christian experience. In other words, what he's saying, a heart that's filled with thankfulness towards God is just, it's evidence of an encounter, a real encounter with God. It's evidence that the Holy Spirit did something that he's working in your lives. You know, when you see people who are, who've come to God for the first time and the first time they've tasted of God, man, it's contagious, isn't it? <laughs> it's electrifying. It, it, it's exciting to be around people like that. It, it's just, you know, we need, we need new believers. We need to hang around new believers all the time because they'll stir us up to go do something with what we've been sitting on for how long? You know what I mean? You get used to stuff. Come on, you just do. You get comfortable with things. I mean, come on, you're still anointed. The Holy Spirit's still living in you. You're still the temple of God. Come on. You know, let's not, we, you, you get used to it. Come on, look, just say this. Say, this is what anointed feels like. <laughs> you are anointed right now. Does Jesus live in you? Did he move out of you? What's his name? Jesus Christ. Anybody know what Christ means? Anointed, right? So if he's in you, you're anointed. The anointed one lives in you. So this is what anointed feels like. So let's go do something with it. Amen? Come on, let's get stirred up. Let's stir ourselves up. But here's the thing. If we want to continue to enjoy this, we do have to guard it. We do have to protect it. See, what's given to us as a gift of grace, we, do, we maintain it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll show you what I mean. It's a lot like a farmer. It's not automatic, but, you know, the farmer, what's he do? He takes the seed and he sows it into the ground. He fertilizes the ground. He watches for weeds and critters that are going to come in there once it sprouts up to eat it, you know, um, watches for the little bugs or whatever that eat your plants. He waters it as necessary. Maybe he even builds a fence around it or a wall, right? As 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 the plants grow, he prunes them, he braces them, whatever it takes. And then lo and behold, a miraculous harvest right? Why is it a miracle? Because that farmer couldn't make that seed grow, but he could protect it as it was growing, right? What you've received as a gift of grace, we do have a responsibility to guard by the power of the Holy Spirit. That farmer knows that there was nothing within him that made that seed grow. He didn't put the life into that seed, but he came, became a partner with the one who made that seed, and together they produced a harvest, right? So what about my life? What about your life? What has been given to us as a gift of grace must be maintained by the power of the Spirit. What's my slide say? What's been given to us, go back, yeah, as a gift of guarded by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've got a verse for you too, 2 Timothy 1.14. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard the good deposit. Guard the trust. It's been given to you but we've got to guard it. Why guard it? Why guard that? Well, the same reason you guard your garden, right? To keep out the weeds. What are the weeds? The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, 
the birds that would come and steal the word out of your heart? Come on, we've got to guard it. We've got a responsibility to do that. If it were natural, if we were already doing this, then we wouldn't be commanded to do it, would we? Paul would have instead written, hey, Timothy, good job guarding that deposit. Keep it up. (laughs) And same with uh, give thanks in all circumstances. If we were already doing it, he would have said, hey, good job in being thankful. You're doing good. Keep on being thankful. But it's a command. It's a command to what? Give thanks in all circumstances. So why are we told to give thanks in all things, in all circumstances? I'll tell you something about a thankfulness I saw as I was just preparing this, reading the verses. Thankfulness and humility, they run together. Think about it. Thankfulness and humility, they go together. Humility, humility is the key to really receive things from God, right? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? I know that's James. I didn't put it up there because I didn't want Carolyn to get upset. No, but he, he, he gives grace to the humble. That's how you receive things from God. It says, I'm grateful for the gift that comes from your hand, right? I couldn't receive it on my own. I couldn't, I, I needed it. I'm needy. I'm humble, right? That's what humility is. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 actually tells us to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So just think about it. The ungrateful person, he either doesn't need it, right? He either doesn't need it or he believes he deserves it already. <laughs> he either doesn't believe he needs it or he believes he deserves it already. That's not something we want to be. Both of those mindsets, either believing you don't need it or believing you deserve it, both of those attitudes will keep you from receiving from God. But the thankful person, the thankful person receives from God. He receives what he needs, that he doesn't deserve, that he did not earn, but he receives it from God. And he says what? Thank you. Practice it with me. Thank you. Yeah, receive from God. That's the attitude that receives from God. Gratitude opens that door to receive from God. So I want to tell you today, for our Thanksgiving celebration, I want to tell you four things that thankfulness will do for you. Okay? Thankfulness. Four things. Uh, Now, I just want to let you know going into this that this sermon has not been approved by the FDA. (laughs) But if you will begin to practice thankfulness, I believe that you will discover for yourself these four benefits of thankfulness, okay? The first one, I already said, number one, is the attitude of the heart that can receive from God. Thankfulness is the attitude of the heart that can receive from God. Again, in our verse, give thanks in all circumstances for what? This is the will of Christ concerning you. Number two, then, is what? I'm going to jump. Kenneth, I made slides, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to jump all over the place. And I, I'm getting out of order, so it's my fault, not his fault. But number two, thankfulness is the will of God for you. Thankfulness is the will of God for you. Because it says, for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So whenever you are thankful, think about this. Whenever you are thankful to God, you're actually fulfilling the will of God. You're doing God's will for your life. Thankfulness then, think about this. Thankfulness then will become a motivating force in your life. How can thankfulness become a motivating force? Because you can live your life in such a way to make others 
grateful and thankful to God. It ties into what I said during the offering, right? What was he doing? He was collecting that gift, knowing that he was laboring and working among the churches to reconcile and unite these churches, but he was also bringing that gift to Jerusalem church, knowing that it would abound to much thanksgiving to God, not only for the gift that met their needs, but also for their obedience to Christ. So thankfulness then can become motivating force in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is talking to them about the ministry, his ministry specifically as an apostle. And he's talking about what is keeping him going through all the difficulties. And he summarizes it in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15. And he says, for it is, it's all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God. His, all this thing that he was going through was what? For their sakes, why? So that as more and more people come into the grace of God, the thanksgiving to God would increase. Can we live our lives in such a way that people who encounter us, the things that we do, they'll thank God for what we've done? Come on, that's good, isn't it? It becomes a motivating force. See, Paul is so confident here. Because he really believes that if you could just taste the grace of God and the goodness of God, that you will be thankful. (laughs) He believes that if you will just taste this grace, you'll receive that seed of gratitude that will grow just into a full-blown harvest of thankfulness to God. And this is motivating him to go and to preach and to minister and to share and to heal and to suffer hardships and to travel and all the difficulties that came with traveling in his time. Why? Because I just want people to know God and be grateful to him. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What would be the opposite of giving thanks? Give thanks in all circumstances. What would be the opposite of that? If I'm not a grateful person, how would you describe me? What words? I wrote down some words here. Uh, Selfish, that's a good one, yeah. Self, hmm? Complainer, yeah. Yeah, I didn't write that one down, but that's good, yeah. What else? How about ungrateful? Mm-hmm. How about unappreciative? I like this one. Entitled? <laughs> Come on, yeah. Ungracious? Oh, there's a place you don't want to be without grace. <laughs> Ungracious? Selfish? You said that, right? Proud? Arrogant? Ingrate? Unforgiving? Yeah, look at, look at all the friends that hang around with ingratitude. <laughs> You can see it in in Second Thess, uh, Second Timothy chapter three when Paul gives that warning to Timothy about what kind of things are going to happen in the end days. Listen to this. Understand this. Second uh, Timothy three one, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, selfish, right? Uh, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, <laughs> abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not, this is horrible. This is horrible, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying it. Man, these people are actually posing as if they were godly while they're doing all this stuff. I mean, forget about it out in the world. I mean, I'm concerned about it in the church. Because they're having this form of godliness. They care enough to act like they're, they're something with God, yet they've denied its power, the Bible says, to avoid such people. 
But just look at all the all the friends that the ungrateful person is hanging around. Look at the other characteristics that we see that go along with ungratefulness and unthankfulness. These people don't know God. They act like they do, but they don't. In all things, we need to be people who are grateful and thankful. Amen? So what have I got? Number one, thankfulness is the attitude of the heart that can receive from God. Number two, thankfulness is the will of God for you. And three, this one was so good. This one really blessed me. Thankfulness will let you live above your circumstances. This one is so important. Thankfulness will let you, it it, it makes you independent of your circumstances. Come on, I need to be independent of my circumstances because when my circumstances change, I don't want to go like this with my circumstances, right? I need to live above my circumstances, right? Because things are going to come and things are going to go. Uh, it says in, 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 in my verse, uh, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God, right? It doesn't say in most circumstances, you know, give. I wish you would have said give thanks most of the time in most circumstances, right? Or, or just the really good ones. Give thanks in all but the worst circumstances, you know? Yeah. When you're going through hardship, you can, you can quit giving thanks for a while so that you can go do battle, you know, with the devil or whatever. No. He says even in the hardest circumstances, we are to give thanks. That's what he says. Give thanks in the circumstances that just the ones you have control over, right? <laughs> that's the ones I like to give things. If I can control it, I can thank God. But what about the circumstances I find myself in that I couldn't control? Give thanks. That's what he says, in all circumstances. He didn't leave any out, did he? How about just the circumstances that you can overcome? He says, give thanks in all circumstances. That will actually be your key to overcoming circumstances that you can't overcome on your own. See, difficulty does strengthen you. It does. Resistance shapes you. God can do anything, but he needs men and women with sufficient character to accomplish what he wants to accomplish on the earth. You know, we talk about being carriers of his power and of his glory and of his anointing. Do you know who gets to do that? The farmer the one who keeps out the weeds, who keeps his focus on God, who continues to live a life of thankfulness, who keeps out the weeds, and he guards that trust that's deposited in him. That's the one who gets to experience that. Now understand this. We don't need to be thankful for the problems. It doesn't say to be thankful for the problems. It does say that we need to be thankful in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. When we can demonstrate that we can live independently of our circumstances, you know what that does? It lets the devil know that he's lost his hold on us. Think about that. Because before, oh, he can manipulate circumstances and get you to fly off the handle or, or get depressed or do whatever. But when all of a sudden he sees that you're living a life of thankfulness in spite of your circumstances, he's realized that he doesn't have any power over you. What power does he have over you? except to manipulate circumstances or put thoughts in your mind, right? All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. He didn't leave authority for the devil to work his way. What the devil does is he does what he can get away with, right? You know, I have kids. I didn't tell them they could do that. 
But if they can get away with it, they'll try it. It's, it's a part of growing up. It's not evil. But the devil, he'll do what he can get away with. All power has been given. All authority has been given to Jesus. But the devil has ability. And he's empowered when we just collapse and melt like a snowflake whenever he manipulates our circumstances. But we need to be people of character. Amen? Come on, that's good. I'm not going to melt like a snowflake just because my circumstance is what I hope for. Listen to this. Circumstances can hinder your vision, but they don't have to dictate where you're going. Think about that. I don't know, that's just loaded to me. Circumstances can limit your vision. It's kind of like if you're in an airplane and you're flying through a cloud. You've lost your horizon, right? But that doesn't have to change your destination. You can still stay on course. And thankfulness in your life will keep you on course even when you're going through circumstances that have blocked your vision, where you've lost your horizon. Giving thanks keeps you looking at the big picture. So give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then finally, I want to I touch on this one. Number four, thankfulness keeps your prayers on point. Do you know thankfulness will help your prayer life? Think about it. Um, Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, somebody say, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You're supposed to mix thanksgiving right into your requests and your prayers as supplication. You know what I'm saying? It's a part of your prayer with thanksgiving. Why is that? You ever heard of an unthankful prayer? Have you ever prayed an unthankful prayer? God, what is going on here? Why did you let this happen? I've had enough. I'm glad I've never prayed a prayer like that. <laughs> glad you've never prayed a prayer like that. <laughs> See, that's not, that's, that's how you should talk to your problem. That's not how you should talk to God, <laughs> okay? That kind of attitude, direct that towards your problem. Talk to sickness that way. I've had enough, you're going, <laughs> right? That's the attitude that you want to give to the devil. You know what I'm saying? I've had enough of this. Something's going to change here, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> You're going in Jesus' name. You've got the authority to do that. But when we turn that attitude toward God, he's not the source of our problems. And living thankfully and being thankful when we pray keeps that perspective. We're not looking to God uh, uh, as if he were the source of our problems and we're just tired of it. And God, if you don't fix it now, no. He's the solution. The source of your problems is down here or in here or in here or out here, but it's not God. And being thankful, it keeps your prayer on point. It'll keep your horizon when you're flying through a storm. It'll keep your, <laughs> it'll keep your uh, prayers and supplications. will keep your prayers as prayers and supplications instead of complaints and accusations. Oh, it's quiet. No, <laughs> nobody's done that. I know you've never, never done that, right? But I thank God for, for thankfulness. I thank God for what he's done. And if you can keep that attitude in your life, that, man, God, I'm thankful to you. I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. It keeps your mind on the big picture. I need my mind on the big picture because circumstances can get overwhelming in like two seconds. 
If you want to be overwhelmed, just, uh, you know, we just had elections, so I've been reading more news than I've read. You want to get overwhelmed? Spend a few days following the news, man. You get overwhelmed quickly. Circumstances will overwhelm you. But I'm focused on Jesus. I need to keep my horizon. I need to keep junk out of my heart. God has a plan. I might not know everything about it, but he reveals enough in Scripture that I know it's a good plan. I know that God is always, he's more interested in saving people than I am. He's more interested in, in blessing a land with righteousness than I am. And so the best thing I can do is live a thankful life, even in the middle of my circumstances, independent of my circumstances.